Hey everybody, this is Eileen Email with In Phase In Tune with Autism Podcast. Here we'll discuss mindset, efforts to increase mind-body connection, and much more as it pertains to autism. My hope is that this information will reach those who need it and help provide a better understanding of the mind and body of someone with autism. Hey everyone, thank you for listening again. I super appreciate you listening and sharing the podcast. I am super excited about this episode. I haven't listened back to it, so I hope that it makes sense. But as you're listening today, I invite you to think critically about what you're hearing and about what you believe right now, the beliefs that you have about if you're someone who works with someone with autism, so the beliefs you have about your client, or if you're a parent, the beliefs you have about your child, I want you to take the information in and just really think about it. Let it sit, right? And kind of put yourself in their shoes because putting yourself in somebody else's shoes can only ever be helpful. So if you were someone with autism, would you want somebody to look at each of your challenges very closely and really try to keep an open mind on understanding what these behaviors and these challenges actually mean? Or would you want somebody to just assume that they know what's going on with you and just go about their day, right? So what would you want? You know, all too often I feel like we don't stop to think critically and we might just blindly believe whatever whatever any expert is telling us, right? I think sometimes it's important to tap into your own intuition about how you feel about something, even if the experts are going against um, what you believe, right? I think doing what feels right for you and your family or doing what feels right for you in your career at that moment is extremely important. So enjoy. Also, side note before we jump into the episode, RPM or letterboard method is for non-speaking or non-verbal children or adults with autism or non-reliably speaking children or adults with autism. So yeah, now let's get to the episode. Hi everyone, thanks again for joining in today. This episode today is on what is RPM or letterboard method. And this episode is a long time coming. I'm so happy to finally get it out. But there's so much to it. This is just going to be scratching the surface so you can know what it is. And I want to ask you to keep your mind open while you're listening to this at the very least because we all have our perspective of how we see the world and how we see people around us. And in this case, we're talking about how we see autism and people with autism. And we think that we know exactly what's going on, but actually in most cases, we probably don't. There's a lot left unseen that we might not be able to understand. So please just keep your mind open. And if the information doesn't sink in today, maybe it'll sink in another day. And um, maybe it will be helpful for you today or another day, or maybe it won't. But anyways, so 
What is RPM or letterboard method? Okay, so RPM stands for Rapid Prompting Method. It was developed by a lady named Soma Mokapadia. She's from India. She now lives in Texas. But I'm going to give a little bit of her backstory that I uh, that I remember. I'm going to kind of be paraphrasing what she's told us whenever. I went get certified over there back in 2000 and was it 17 or 18? I think it was 2000, beginning of 2018, I think. And so she kind of told us how she got into it and everything. So I'll relay that story to you. And I might have mentioned this in another podcast, but let's just do a recap. So Soma, she's from India. At the time, she had uh, a little boy. She had a little boy with autism. And at the time, the doctors had told her that he's not going to be able to learn anything. Basically, when he gets older, he'll have to be in an institution. He's he's basically just always going to be very low cognitively. And of course, we still don't know all there is to know about autism, but back then probably around 20 years ago or a little over that even less was known right so she you know she living with her son with autism every day and being the smart lady that she is I believe she's like a chemist and she's an amazing teacher an amazing storyteller uh whenever I went get certified there in Texas she was just mind-blowing but she noticed and observed her son and realized that he was affected by the world around him by the sensory information around him she noticed that at times he did have a clear purpose and he could learn he was capable of learning but and and her intuition kind of told her that what the doctors had said was not true and she developed this method with her son and she calls it a way of life you can look on her website i'm going to list that in the show notes but there she calls this rpm method a way of life but part of it is using the letter board for education or communication or both so before i say exactly what the letter board or rpm method consists of we have to mention that it works on the premise of these children taking sensory information just like all of us okay neurotypicals also taking sensory information in order to understand and perceive the world around them so our systems are integrated we can live life without being super overwhelmed most of the time because our sensory systems are integrated and they're working our visual systems our touch and tactile our um, auditory information, right? It's all put together in a nice package so we can live our lives and move move about, right? Well, these guys can have a really tough time with it. And it's such a spectrum because we have, you know, all the ways that we take in information, right? Um, and then they'll have how... Soma describes it, they have different tolerances, right? So if you have a child with autism, you they take in visual information a certain way. It's not quite integrated. It might be that they take in information, visual information, and it's really tough for them to do that. It could be really overwhelming. Or it might be 
it might be a little bit tough, but not very tough, right? And that goes for all the senses, like tactile, touch, holding things. Kids might be able to hold certain things, but might not be able to hold other things, right? Same thing with all the other senses, auditory, um, smell, all the things, right? The way that they move kinesthetically, you know, they might be stuck in one spot and not be able to move very well throughout the environment, or they might be bouncing off the walls nonstop and it's really hard for them to stop moving, okay? So all these things, and that's just like a little bit scratching the surface, talking about how kids might take in sensory information around them. And um, so it works on the premise of we know that the way that they take information in is different. And another thing is that we are working on the premise of their motor system doesn't quite work the way a neurotypicals would. So it's faulty, right? So they, if you give them a demand, they might not respond at all due to lack of initiation of movement. They cannot initiate movement, right? Uh, so that means you ask them a question, they might not be able to point to it because their their body's not working right or they're consumed with some other sensory information at the time that they're trying to integrate. Or you give them a demand and they can't speak, right? Because their motor system isn't letting them speak. Um, so ultimately, if you caught any of that, great. If you didn't, just a little recap, RPM or letterboard method works on the premise that these guys have a faulty motor system, so they can't move the way that they want, and their sensory system is not integrated. So they're taking in sensory information in a whole different way, and they deal with sensory overload pretty much all the time, okay? So the way that RPM with the letter boards works is so let's picture a letter board A through Z okay and I'll probably post a picture of a letter board whenever I post this podcast so what happens is the communication teacher or partner is prompting a child based on thinking that the child understands like so let's say that I have a seven-year-old who's an RPM client okay since he is seven I'm presuming competence that he knows his letters A through Z even if he hasn't mastered them in ABA or stuff like that I'm presuming he knows his letters because let's face it most seven-year-olds know their letters and let's say I want him to touch A I am prompting him for his own body to move through space for his his dominant hand to move through space to go and touch that A. If I want him to touch A, right? And I believe that he knows A and I'm evaluating him and I'm saying touch A. So I put the board right in front of his face and I say, all right, touch A. And I'm say, go, 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 keep going, keep going. He might touch the board, but not touch A. Then I'll give him more direction. Hey, a little bit up, a little more up, 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 up until he gets that A, right? And this is, this is really just talking about an evaluation. This is not how the method actually works. This is for me to see how their body's working and moving through space and how they're um, responding to my voice and all that. So RPM, you have a letter board. You put it in the client's field of vision 
in the same spot every single time. You try to keep the same spot. You try to keep, uh, if their hand's just pointing out, you try to keep half the board on one side of their hand and half the board on the other side of their hand. So basically the board is in their field of vision and it's close to their hand. So it's easy for them to navigate. Okay. That's, that's the whole premise of the letter board method. It's I'm aiding you in your all of your challenges i'm aiding you in your motor challenges and i'm aiding you in your sensory challenges okay so i'm sitting on the right side of you because that's where uh you would take in auditory information that it's best taken in okay so i'm getting you to focus on my voice and i'm trying to help drown out all the other sounds in the environment that might be hard for you and I'm trying to teach you information and I'm going to coach your arm to purposefully move to the letters on the board, okay? So I'm going to talk about how you would start off with RPM method and, uh, and how it pro- progressively like go- goes up. So, and this is all very, very uh, broad and general and it's not giving all the details at all and I hope that you're going to catch on to some of this. Because I know a lot of parents have questions and they're just like, huh, how does it work? I don't understand. Um, And it's actually really hard to explain. And it took me a while because I was an ABA therapist for a long time. And, you know, I was very skeptical at first. And it took me a while to really get into it and understand how it worked. But now it just makes so much sense to me. So let's say I have a new client and we're gonna we're doing educational lessons, which is age appropriate educational lessons to engage the mind of my client. I'm presuming competence that they understand what I'm saying, and I'm presuming that I am coaching them and helping their body out through their motor and sensory challenges. Okay, so uh, let's say I have like a 12 year old, and we're learning about the water cycle and they're a brand new client, okay? And I presume that they know their sounds and they know how to spell. Um, And I put the board in front of them and I'll, or so I say, we're learning about the water cycle today. The W-A-T-E-R water cycle. Then I can put up the board, and this is just an example of one way to do it. I put up the board and say, what cycle are we learning about today? And I prompt their hand. I say, go, 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 go for your letter, go for your letter. And I prompt them to get to spell the word water. And this is called a known answer, okay? It's a, it's a word that I've said. So we both heard it out loud, presuming that he is tuned into my voice, which a lot of times they're not. Once you get, for lack of a better word, in tune with it, that's like part of my slogan, right? In tune with autism. Once you get in tune with it, you'll understand if the client is tuned into your voice or if your voice is just blending into the rest of the environment. And you have days like that. You really do. But some days they really are able to tune into your voice. So, um... So I said the word, he heard me, I heard me, I spelled the word, he heard me spell it, I spelled it, it's a known answer. And that's what you start off with whenever you're starting RPM. 
So we're learning about the water cycle today, W-A-T-E-R, water cycle. So what, what are we learning about today? What cycle are we learning about today? You put up the board and you coach their dominant hand to hit W-A-T-E-R. You never touch them. You only just keep on coaching them until they hit their letters. And you coach for accuracy. You know, you, you say, uh, you know maybe move a little slower or uh, you can keep going faster or nice pointing with that one finger. And so basically their body learns in space and with all of their challenges, they learn, okay, W here, A here, T here, E here, R here, okay? So if, if that can make sense to you, because that's the biggest thing for me is... You know, not to say that ABA and all the other therapies aren't amazing and great because they are. And I've seen kids um, go super far and have super great improvements in all these therapies. I will say, though, the entire time that I was an ABA therapist, yes, I learned every single thing that I needed to know about behavior and the function of behavior and what to how to modify a behavior, how to increase it, how to decrease it. But I never took into account, I, I really, really, not deeply anyway, never took into account all of the challenges that their body may be facing and all of the sensory challenges that their body may be facing, motor and sensory wise, right? So this method takes that in. And instead of having a conditioned response, which I feel like can happen whenever uh, you're doing ABA therapy, again, not, not, not shaming at all because ABA therapy, I think, is very much needed. Um, but a lot of times you can, you get conditioned responses, right? It's like the child's one, not engaged in the information probably because it's not of their level. And I mean, this is just an example. This isn't always true with clients. But, and then it could be they're just touching the one, they're gonna touch the one on the right and it's either got it right or either got it wrong type thing. Okay, so with RPM, I'm engaging them with age appropriate information and I'm prompting purposeful movement each time. I'm not just letting you respond whether it be right or wrong and then giving a most least prompt or least most prompt or whatever. Um, and I know I'm using a lot of technical terms. If you are um, a parent of, a child with autism you probably do get a lot of this if you're not and if you're just tuning in you might be like what's going on so I'm sorry about that but if that makes sense I am I'm not talking to this is this is sometimes how I think about it especially with in the past with all my kids who do have that condition set of responses or if they do get caught up in either rituals or if they get caught up in their impulses uh, and their body's just responding in that way. This is how I think about it. So we know kids with autism don't have great control over their body. Um, and so if you think of a person like a neurotypical, right? You think of all the responses that you make throughout the day that might be automatic. You're like, like if you go to drive somewhere, you drive for 30 minutes and then you don't even know how you got there. You're like, oh wow, that was an automatic, all that was an automatic behavior. You know, 
at my body was just doing it, but I wasn't actually tuned into what I was doing. I got there, but whoa, I was like daydreaming the whole time, right? And you have control over your body, yet you still do this. So these guys who don't have control over the body, their body has been conditioned by outside reinforcers, okay? Sometimes food, which is a very strong reinforcer for the body um, because it involves a, a lot of input. You know, it might be grabbing a candy, putting it in your mouth, swallowing it, getting that spike right that body spike so let's just put it this way we all have conditioned responses and these children who don't have great control over their body they may have been very conditioned conditioned responses so they might be even and I see this a lot and I used to talk with one of my uh old clients moms about this sometimes they're always stuck in a loop always stuck in a loop all the behaviors that you're seeing from them on the outside is a loop of conditioned behaviors it might not be something that they necessarily are choosing to do okay um so in rpm i am prompting purposeful movement so that child is not responding out of a conditioned response they are training their body to have purposeful motor patterns. They are tuning into my voice at the moment with new material. They are their body is attending to new material and they are moving purposefully. It's not something that they've learned and it's a rote memorized response, okay? And that's what I do with my workout sessions too. I am talking to the individual and I'm creating with them and helping with them prompting purposeful movement we're not just doing things that we've learned a million times and I feel like I'm kind of like getting off and on a tangent and like just speaking I really really hope that especially if you're autism parents or you work with kids with autism that this is making some kind of sense um I just feel like I have to explain this background for why letter board works and why letterboard might be a good choice for you and your child to try out and um i i think that again like i said you got to keep an open mind because a lot of people think well my kid's definitely not up there on the comprehension um i just know that they're not you know they show me every day that they're they're not the you know they're not the eight-year-old that i think they are if they're eight years old well you might be actually actually you might be like completely wrong you might be, I know that I've been wrong a million times. Um, and I just feel like I have to share this information because if I get to give this, if I get to give a child a chance because their parents hearing this information and understanding a new way of how their child's body and mind might work, I have to share it. Um, so I feel like I said a lot. I feel like I said a lot. Let me try to recap. <laughs> Let me try to recap on what letterboard method is really quick. So, um, I can just give you like a cohesive definition. So letterboard method is using a letterboard A through Z. Okay. A communication partner holds up the letterboard and provides age-appropriate lessons or information that that child might learn in school and I and the communication partner prompts the child to move purposefully in order to answer questions about this age-appropriate information okay 
So that's that. And um, a lot of times people will ask me, well, why letterboard and not like the AAC device? Okay, again, whatever works for you and your child, do that. There can be a million ways. We like to get stuck in this has to be the answer. This has to be the way. This is right. And it's like, well, you never know. You know, your child might be extremely sensitive to light and they might not be able to look at the AAC device uh, because they're, they might be way overstimulated every so single time they look at it and they can't move purposefully. Or your child might have great um, like generalized vision and they can take in information great visually and light doesn't bother them and they might be able to use the AAC device just fine. So it really depends on your child. Um, and another thing, and another thing is I talked to one of my clients about this and my client's parents about this in the past. He told me that his vision, it's so hard. And you'll be able to tell once you get in tune with your client uh, whether if they have great vision, their eyes will focus really well. And sometimes, so their, their eyes will either focus really well, they're able to look really well, or you'll have the client who it always looks like they're just staring straight through space. They, they're looking at you, but maybe not looking right at you. It's because the, the eye muscles aren't contracting the way that they're supposed to, and it's really hard for them to focus their eyes. So this one client that I'm thinking about, who was actually a fluent, amazing speller, who taught me so much about being a communication partner, he says he sees double or triple all the time. So holding the board in the correct spot and calibrating his body to the communication partner and how they hold the board is crucial to how accurate he's going to spell. And this is why people too have lots of questions about, well, how does it work? How come he can spell with you, but he can't spell with me? It's like, well, he's practiced with me. I hold the board in the same spot every time. He's calibrated my smell, my voice, um, you know, my energy. And so he's memorized and practiced so much now that he knows exactly where his letters are when I am spelling with him. But if a brand new speller comes in and they're holding the board slightly different and all the things are different, right? Their voice might be higher. So he's integrating new auditory information. They smell different, you know, all, all these things. So when people are like, well, it's not scientifically proven and how could they do it with this person but not the other person? They can't generalize and move it over. It's like, well, have you looked deep enough? Are you really looking at it like a scientist would, asking all the questions and looking at all the variables? For me, that would be a no. Like, I'm going to follow it because it makes the most sense to me and I've read so much and I've had hundreds of clients over the years to know that for me, this is this is the highest path that I can be teaching on. Um, again, not shaming in any way possible, like at all. I've been an ABA therapist. I've had amazing relationships and have learned so much about behavior, which has very much helped me with my child, by the way. Not to say that we don't have uh, hard times all the time, but uh, behavioral, behavioral information and, and stuff like that, that's, that's all good too. And my biggest advice is do what works for you. Do what works for you and your child and what feels good and keep an open mind. And there's no rush for anything. And I do encourage you to learn more about how your child experiences the world if you feel called to it. 
Um, so anyways, hope some of that made sense. If you have any more questions about what RPM, rapid prompting method, or letter board is, let me know. You can, um, I'll put my email down there and you can also just message me on Facebook or Instagram at Enphase in Tune with Autism. And um, yeah, you guys have a good one. Hope this makes sense because I'm not editing it. Okay, bye. Just kidding. It's not K bye. Extra side note. I always think after I record a podcast, like, did I say this? So I don't think I said this. I talked about the first step in the letterboard method, which is having the child spell a known answer which I gave the example, if you listened, we're learning about the water cycle, W-A-T-E-R, and then asking the client, what cycle are we learning about? And prompting them to spell water. So that is a known answer. I'm gonna actually do a part two podcast on what are the next steps that come with broadening that communication through the educational lessons with letterboarding. So that's just a quick side note and um, there will be more to come on how the letter board method reinforces and coaches purposeful motor patterns instead of just conditioned responses. But now it is K-bye. You guys have a good one.